everybody, and welcome to the Tea with Crema. My name is Chris. I'll be one of your hosts today, and I'm joined by my best friend, Emma. Hello, everyone. Sorry, Christopher is laughing because I just drank my tea again, and it has been sitting for too long, and it was not a pleasant taste. I tried so hard to keep it together. I couldn't do it. It was so great. And today... We are also joined for the second time in the Tea with Crema history by, well, I guess hmm, it's kind of the second time, but it's also kind of the first time, Emma's husband, Isaac. Oh, her husband. What's up? What it do? Mr. Alatini is here today. First of all. (laughs) Tea with Crema exclusive. Mr. Alatini has not (laughs) been... On any other podcast. My mama's going to call us right now. Y'all keep playing around. Again, y'all, I did not change my last name. (laughs) Okay, Isaac did not either. Just to clarify, no last names were changed in the making of this podcast. Oh my gosh. Okay, so today is a little bit different from almost any other episode in that we planned it like yesterday o'clock because it just came up. It was natural. It just happened. So we're running with it. And the theme is Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which at time of recording and time of release at this point came out about a week ago. Uh, We didn't plan to have this episode because we thought we were just going to watch it and just it was going to be a movie that we had. And then we started talking about it. And yeah, it got a little bit more real than normal. We just worked this one in there. We brought on Isaac because he got to see it. We want to hear his opinions. And so before we get started, we want to make sure that we are still doing our tea checks. So Emma, what tea did you bring today? It was very good when it first went in. I just want to point that out. It's just been steeping for too long because we've been sitting around talking story. So I brought another Celestial Seasonings. It is the Country Peach Passion. It's so good. I also think like, again, this whole thing should could be made as iced tea, but as a hot tea. 10 out of 10, except don't let it steep for too long. You know, I don't, you know how I feel about taking my tea bags out and all that stuff. So that's why it tastes the way it tastes. Isaac, what are you drinking today? Uh, I've got the blueberry celestial tea. Personally, I'm a huge fan. It, if you add like just a little bit of sugar, it just makes it a billion times better, cold or hot. Just a spoonful of sugar. Maybe two. Maybe two spoons. Also, Isaac likes everything sweet, so take his word with like a grain of sugar. What are you drinking today, Chris? (laughs) Today, I have a Lazy Morning Tea by Renegade Tea Estate. And I will not lie, I really went into this thinking it was going to be really awesome, really good. The packaging really sells it. They talk about how it is BS free and there's no chemicals and it's growing And it even outlines like the seven part step on the back about how the tea was picked and withered and fixed and rolled and dried and roasted and dried again. And then I drunk it and I was like, this is hot leaf juice. No BS though. (laughs) I'm surprised it didn't tell you who, who, who personally washed it at certain times. Maybe we do like a little bit of chemicals. Is that controversial to say? Like sometimes the chemicals, the preservatives be doing something. I don't know what they're Man, doing. Man, you know, like in the in the peaches or the pears and the cans, like the preservative juice in oh, there, it just man. adds to the flavor. So good. But I don't know, but this wasn't I'm it. Sad. I'm sorry for you. Hot leaf juice. Okay, don't forget to take a picture and then we'll put that on the Instagram so the people know. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You know, it'd be like that sometimes. Some teas are great. Some teas, not so much. But 
the tea today with the tea with crema is how we felt about the Black Panther Wakanda Forever movie. So it is a sequel. And if you haven't seen it and are afraid of spoilers, come back to this episode after you have seen it because it's only been a week. So we recognize that some people are saving it for Thanksgiving, which is coming up and you're going to see it with your family. So stop by next weekend. Check out the episode then. There you go. But at this point, go ahead and tune it out because we are jumping right in. Spoiler alert given. I took all the time that I needed for you to find your phone wherever it is and pause and move to the next episode, but we got to keep going. So (laughs) getting started today, we're keeping it simple. We have our pros, we have our cons, the things that we like, the things that we disliked, and then our overall rating. So I'm going to open up the floor to the things that we liked on Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So what were some things that y'all enjoyed after you saw the movie? I really loved the intro. Like, dude, like, I was in tears just because, you know, like, knowing how Chadwick Boseman, how much he put into it, and then just seeing, like, some of the stuff that the actors and actresses did, like, for him outside of, you know, Black Panther, and then they just literally gave him, like, his moment of silence. Like, that, I don't know why. It was, it just seemed so beautiful to me. I was, like, sitting there crying, and I'm pretty sure I heard other people crying around me. I don't know. I just, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty wonderful. I really like Yeah, that opening scene where like normally they have that Marvel music, you know, that introduces and the entire thing was just all Chadwick Boseman from every single movie that he's ever had an appearance in the Marvel universe. And the silence that just came with it was just, oh, it was a lot. Yeah, I will, I will say that I really did like the way that they handle Chadwick Boseman's death. You know, they like addressed it as they could. And it was almost like they addressed it realistically too, right? Like that no one knew. And they said that. And like by the time they knew, it was too late, right? That whole opening scene is talking about how Shuri couldn't help him until it was too late. And that's kind of exactly how he had passed away. No one knew until he was gone. I would agree. It was a chef's kiss moment. I know sometimes, you know, like they do that digitally altered face when they're trying to make an older actor appear like a younger version of themselves. Mm. There was none of that. So there was no, if it wasn't archive footage, which they were very sparingly using, it didn't exist. His character was not there. So just like peak respect. It was, I agree. Were there other parts that you liked about the movie? There was one part that Isaac actually like, I had not noticed until he was like, hey, they're like playing the Mayan game. So I had to actually look up what the game is called. Google calls it the Mesoamerican ball game, but some people call it pits and then others call it puk to puk. So that was like really cool. Like the first time that they threw like the water bomb and he like hit it with his hip and Isaac was like, did you notice that? And I was like, what, what, what? And then I realized I was like, oh man, I was like, so I felt like the homage to Mayan culture also spot on. I don't know if I can say it was accurate because I'm not of the community, but I felt like the things that we've learned about historically was there. It was present. So it wasn't just like random, you know. I just recognized the game from The Road to El Dorado. <laughs> Same. That's where I remembered it too. Well, also, you know, like I've seen it in like history classes and stuff, but that's where I first noticed it was Road to El Dorado. And even the way that they were like handling that whole fight scene with when it was like the uh, Talokan versus wakandans on the ship like they were also doing moves from that as well i felt like so yeah shout out to the whoever was the historical team on that and for making it realistic yeah anything else that you guys liked angela bassett enough said if you've seen the movie you know she delivered from start 
to finish the whole time. Like I just, you were sold and everything she was doing the whole movie. So that's all I got. Like it was just amazing. Her performance. She's just a great actor. And like her handling the death, I think also because, you know, we had seen outside of the movie, the way that the cast had handled the death of Chadwick Boseman. But so it really was almost like a tribute to him. Like this movie was their like tribute to him and his like what he brought to the storyline. But yes, Angela Bassett, she was serving the entire time. That was, uh, that really sold it. I don't know, Isaac, you're nervously quiet on this part. Oh, no, no, I, I thought she did great too. I was just, I, I really liked the other aspect of how they tied in Chadwick Boseman's death to the purple heart flower. Like, I thought that was such a cool thing that, like, even though he wasn't mentioned, like, in the beginning, she was creating it for him. And in the end, she still created it for him when she was asking to, like, bring up his DNA and all this stuff. And then knowing that, like, like that kind of gave her, like, the satisfaction that, like, she could have saved him. You know, like, that kind of, like, helped her. That she created the purple heart flower. But I feel like that was, like, the whole point, right? Was that she wasn't... She had stopped, but I don't think it was for Chadwick Boseman. That part I don't fully agree with. It also makes me curious to know if like that was a part of the plot originally. Because it was going to have to come back. Like They had to have the purple. To make the Black Panther, yeah. That's literally the main ingredient. That's the ingredient, really. Thank you, Michael B. Jordan. Thanks a lot, Killmonger. <laughs> we knew that from the first movie. At some point, we were going to have to address... The missing flower. Like, either they were going to find it somewhere, it was, like, not dead, it was... Something was going to have to happen in order for it to come back. One relationship I really liked was M'Baku and Shuri's relationship. I feel like they had... Because of the fact that, like, obviously he challenged him in the first movie, you know, there was really, like, the starting point for them to kind of, like, after he had saved T'Challa in the first movie, then it kind of, like, was that kicking off point of, oh, okay, you know, like, we were on an understanding. So then in the second movie, when he really became her advisor and was a part of that and like almost kind of took him, took her under his wing as like a little sister again. I really liked that aspect too. Also, I just thought M'Baku was so funny in this movie. He was just like, well, how do y'all get anything done down there? Because why are we complaining about things in the snow when you are a guest on my land? Like, no, things we're not going to do is have this happen. <laughs> His whole perspe- his whole life changed after he got hit one time by Neymar. When when he when that happened, I was like, "Oh no, Isaac, is he gonna die now?" And he's like, "No, they can't kill him off." I was like, "Oh no, they could." They can't kill off Mbaku. People want him to Mbaku their backs, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice. I he was fun. This movie. Now it's time for the fun part. The things that we did not like as much as the rest of the movie. So I will open the floor and we'll see if any of these topics overlap so who would like to list the first thing they did not like about this movie one of the things i didn't like not necessarily didn't like i thought it was a bit odd that they gave them some type of hand gesture right like i don't think they needed that for the sake of you know like wakanda having the wakanda forever you know the arms crossed i don't it was a little bit odd to me that like the only brown peoples in this mo- in this like universe have some type of hand gesture, right? Like, you don't see white people just like seeing each other on the street and you know whipping up their signs. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, because you know, like, okay, you think of like all the Americans in the Avengers, right? Like, they don't just be saluting each other. Like, there, there's no, there was no like actual need for them to have this 
hand gesture, and I feel like they did it just because Wakanda has one. You know, like it's uh, now I don't know if that hand gesture has any like significance to the actual culture or not. That's also part of it, but I feel like they really could have left that out. I just want to like piggyback off of that and just go a little. Just got a little bit deeper about that with the whole, you just said, you know, why are the only black and brown people having hand gestures? Why are the only black and brown people fighting against each other? Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> Christopher, I know you have thoughts on this. That took me out of the movie the absolute most easily by far was that whole dynamic that was established in the movie of having indigenous folks versus Africans with white people helplessly in the background and then trying to like point the fingers at the Wakandans the entire time. The conflict didn't sit right with me. It didn't, I still haven't a hundred percent figured out the words behind it, but it didn't, I didn't like it. And then doing just the teensiest bit of research on the actual character Namor historically in the comic books and how they made them this whole culture indigenous as opposed to closer to Jason Momoa's Aquaman Atlantis where I felt like for the most part that was more in terms of like traditional races a bit more ambiguous Mm. Atlantis felt more racially ambiguous in Aquaman versus here where it was very clearly derived from a culture that we see on the land just put in the water And so it just felt very black versus brown. It felt weird. And it really made it hard to enjoy anything else in the movie for me. That kind of ties into what I was saying about the hand gesturing, right? Like if you look at like gang culture, gang culture, which is predominantly black and brown, right? It's they're usually just throwing hand gestures at each other and fighting. Like that's, that's what was kind of like getting me about this whole movie about them giving them their own hand gestures. Like it just felt like I was back in like my neighborhood watching people. Oh, did we just have a tie-in to gang culture about, okay, let's talk about this social commentary for a second. I mean, so there's always like this, like, I feel like relationship historically where a lot of people don't address it. And I, I think now it's starting to come out a little more where we're trying to now discuss like, why are these things happening in our communities? Like there's still rampant anti-blackness in brown communities, which again is a whole nother commentary that we could have and dialogue. Um, but yeah, that just also, just echoing what you said, Chris, did not sit well with me <laughs> as I was watching it. And I was like, why are we having the only two communities of color fighting against each other in this movie? And then you have the white people and all of the agencies and whatever, assuming that it was Wakanda, right? Like assuming, oh, because, and the thing that like got me as well was that they kept trying to like pin it on Wakanda, pin it on Wakanda, saying all of these things. When they know, like, if they had the vibranium, and they said it, if you had the vibranium, you would be doing the same exact thing. But again, it wasn't even Wakanda's fault. But, you know, it was, like, for profit. It was, like, for exploitation, this whole thing with vibranium. Right. They were like, oh, we think it's Wakanda now. We have a reason to go to war with them or something like that. I really think that was the big thing that, like, led to this episode. Because that was the part that really, like, took me out of the movie, ultimately, was the way it was set up. And, I mean, again, we also know that, like, they're not the only cultures that are non-eurocentric in the world however i will say in terms of like the marvel cinematic universe i would say outside of like alien cultures who don't live on earth 
These are the two biggest non-white communities that we have established in the cinematic universe. And then to immediately pit them against each other, just, yeah, it was very frustrating. And then to have the, the way that it ended with now they're only allies because Wakanda is going to be facing threats from outside white world powers. Okay, so this is the part that Isaac and I disagreed on. I thought that when Neymar is having that conversation with Namora, is that her name? At the end of the movie, is telling her Wakanda is about to come under attack and that is going to be now our time to be allies and to help Wakanda. But in my head, I took it as like, we're going to help Wakanda, but essentially we're going to come out on top. Did you... Did you interpret it that way? What would be the other option? If you listen to their conversation, he mentions that how Shuri spared his life, right? And then he goes on to say how with their partnership, with their allies, with them as allies, they are now stronger than ever. Like with their help, well, with their help, they are the strongest they have ever been. And then on top of that, he goes on to say soon enough because she wanted to fight with him. And he was like, you know, reassuring her. He's like, we will. Because the world will come for Wakanda and we'll be there to help them. I think it was more of tying them in together because of the fact that throughout the whole movie, he didn't want to fight them. And the only reason why he even started the war with them was because the U.S. had reached their borders. All he wanted to do was keep his people safe, right? He even took Shuri down there, showed her. He's like, look, I created the sun for my people. We want to stay hidden. And they even mentioned that... He kind of blamed Wakanda for it because he says, since you guys showed vibranium to the world, the world is now looking for it, which brought the U.S. to their doorsteps, which is why he was trying to force Wakanda before fighting them, trying to force them to fight off the rest of the world, already trying to establish an alliance. Now, maybe he didn't go the right way, but I think if you look at like his actions and intentions, he never meant to make a full enemy out of Wakanda because there was no way they were going to win that battle, right? Like that's, that's stalemate. You can't beat the ocean and the ocean can't come to the land. You know, like it's, they were never going to like fully take each other out. I think what he meant to do in the beginning was start an alliance, but then blood was spilt. And I think it's just got a little bit more twisted, complicated when you have your people's feelings involved. I can see how someone would see it that way, but I, I don't, I just, I think it is very altruistic to think that he meant it as he said it, which was, we will be their biggest allies. But I'm closer along the lines with Emma. I think, yes, we will be their ally. That does not prevent us from being a little clever or sneaky in it and like making sure that we still gain significantly in this. I don't think that necessarily adds to or leads to a complete betrayal but I'm also not convinced that they'll be 100% allies. Also, Namor in the comics is more of an anti-hero than a true hero. And so that does, I think, kind of leave that narrative open for him to be a little cunning about it. But I definitely got closer to Emma's interpretation of like, we'll help them, but like, wink, wink, every now and then kind of help, like, will be there, but not necessarily 100% all the time. Because they're still not known. Like, there's their existence is still unknown to the rest of the world, right? It is still Wakanda versus the rest of the people. And Wakanda is now still under the understanding that, like, we're not going to say anything about you guys. We're going to keep you safe, right? So I feel like there is 
I don't know. There was something just about the way that he had said it at the end where I was like, because he had said, right, the surface world, like we're going to dominate the surface world. That was his whole goal, his whole intention and his timeline, you know, maybe it got pushed up. I don't know. They've been under the water for six, five, six hundred years. <laughs> so I think that that wasn't his primary intention. No. However, he did offer to burn the world with Shuri. So I think if given the opportunity, which an allyship with Wakanda would present, then I think he would take it and go for it. I think it also, you have to consider that at present Wakanda is in a very precarious situation because they're being led by a pretty young leader now. I'm still not sure that she has fully worked through the, the sorrow that comes with that and is young to begin with and is now in charge of leading a country in a way that in theory would help them stay as a peaceful a peaceful nation with people constantly coming at them from all sides and trying to find this new essentially they're like they're trying to like re-navigate the world she's leading the world in a way that Wakanda's never had to navigate before while being young while dealing with the trauma while now dealing with also Talokan and I think that was set up for him to futurely take advantage of that naivety, which also leads to another part of the movie that I did not like, which was their final fight, because I did not understand how she won. She dehydrated him. If we're being honest. see the dehydration. Even dehydrated, he beat her. I don't understand. And then all she did was put him back in the water, and he was good as new. Could have then retook the fight in that moment the only thing that stopped him was you know honor a clean nice little bow so that black panther can come back in future movies like it didn't the way that they set up the telecon empire and like the power level that this empire and these people had it did not make sense how they lost it didn't like they had clearly beaten the wakandans on a boat which also why would you go on a boat and fight ocean people i did not that didn't make how else are you supposed to fight people in the ocean? Why would you fight people in the ocean on a boat? How else would you? On the coast. That's the closest to the ocean. I'm going to fight people on a boat. So I get some land and you get some water. Things I'm not going to do, put myself in the middle of Said. the singular element I can't breathe in and you thrive in. That doesn't, that didn't make sense. That that was a setup for Wakanda to lose from start. And then... She exploited an Achilles heel in a way that just felt like half. It didn't, to me, it just didn't feel like it depowered him enough for her to win. That win felt wildly forced. With that spear thrust, I was like, it's done. She lost. That was kind of badass, though, how she broke in and just pulled it all the way through. Like that, I'm not going to lie, that's pretty tough. I will say, though, that they never really explained how the fish people died but didn't die. When Okoye stabbed them, right? But then if you look at the boat scene, like, they were never going to win because if they don't <laughs> die, they were just going to get stabbed and come exactly. back. You know, like, the Wakandans were clearly down to, like, five people left. And, of course, it's the main cast. I I, I agree. It didn't, it didn't make sense. The power levels were not... The math was not mathing. I just felt like Talokan as a empire, the way that it was set up in this movie, made it seem like they were closer to the level of, like, maybe Asgardians. Maybe stronger. And I don't even know if stronger so much as, like, they had that, like, immense durability. I don't know, actually. I still, from the movie, could not tell you outside of, like, drying them out what would kill 
someone from this empire. I don't know. It was very unclear. So I really don't know how we call that a win for Shuri. Literally outside of honor. Because she dried him out and like you put him back in the water and he was ready to go round two. Could have finished it right then and there. This goes back to my point about Neymar maybe not wanting world domination, right? Because, I mean, he stated in the movie too that like he wanted to keep his people safe. And the only reason why he's out there talking to them was because they had approached their borders and like his people weren't safe anymore i can like see that point but also in neymar's point of view right he's 600 years old versus this 20 maybe 25 years old i don't know how old sherry is now against this 25 year old girl if i were someone that were like that and i were like a warlord not like if I were war driven and understood war the way that he does, I would say, okay, if I kill her right now, how, how does he understand? Because he was a child, and they've never had any contact or any interaction with Did he not anybody kill else. Entire Spanish. That's it, and then he goes back to the water forever. That's all that we were shown. Yeah, that doesn't mean that he doesn't understand what has gone on throughout this whole time. But again, right, like if I were, and it doesn't show that he hasn't had conflict under the ocean either, right? There could be other worlds. Because also that lady that she interviews in that village had made it very clear that these people had not gone and just disappeared for all of these years. They had had interactions with people up until that point. So it wasn't as if they had like disappeared off the face of the earth and like had been in hiding all of this time. So again, he was also hundreds of years old, a demigod fighting. And should he like, even had it been T'Challa, I just, they don't, like they're not on the same level. And should he was not even, because T'Challa was at least raised to be a warrior. Should he was not. Yeah. She was raised to be a tech genius. No, but I think that that, again, like it was all very strategic, right? Neymar cannot, like Neymar understands, right? The world domination, the whole thing. So if I were someone in that place, I would leave Shuri in power because I know she's young. I know I can possibly sway her versus having her die. And now Wakanda goes into a collapse, right? Which then causes vibranium to be free for all, causes all of these things to happen. Like a collapse of Wakanda is more dangerous to... Neymar than having Shuri stay in power. So I think at the yeah. end of the day, that's what it came down to, yeah, right? You always have to, you gotta, you gotta lose some battles to win the war. Ooh, can we get that as a quote, please? <laughs> Did you just woo your own point? <laughs> Free tweet. <laughs> Were there any other parts that you felt strongly about? So there's some minor things that I didn't really like. I don't understand like the way that this movie fit into the timeline. I think part of it is because Disney's doing this weird market saturation right now with like post Thanos material. Mm-hmm. And it made it really hard to, cause there's been so many shows since then. And it's really hard to figure out what this, how did this movie fit into the grand timeline? Cause it felt really far away from the snap, but then also it felt still really close because they were still mentioning certain things like i was just like have we let the snap go or have we not but then namor is over here getting upset about stuff that t'challa said at the end of black panther one <gasps> that's right so did they get snapped underwater <laughs> there were so many because i was like if y'all are gonna bring it up we gotta we have some like things that we're gonna address because black panther was very very pre-snap and so now you have 
this whole empire of people who are mad about something that T'Challa did well before this snap. We have all of the things that happened before the snap. And now you're all are getting upset about something that happened like before all of this other craziness that was happening. Where I was like, I, it just, it was, I was like, what is, why are these people? Ultimately, I was like, why is this conflict happening right now? That's true. Oh, I forgot. Yes. Okay. Now, now I understand. Yeah. Because Neymar is getting upset. Maybe Neymar got snapped too. And then he came back. He's like, you know what? Still mad. I'm still mad, y'all. Because <laughs> <laughs> no time passed for him. He was snapped and unsnapped. So yeah, maybe that's what it, it was. was. like T'Challa made the announcement and then he got snapped. He came back. He's like, oh, we still going after vibranium? Yeah, I'm still mad. Like, <laughs> you're right maybe that's the maybe that's the solution to the problem and i was just like what i don't understand why this man is so mad about something that happened so many years ago but maybe underwater time travels time goes faster i don't know one minor qualm is what is valentina allegra de fontaine doing in these movies because if i see her in another movie with an unclarified role <laughs> but who is she that's the cia lady Exactly. Who is she? It's she was the CIA lady in this movie. Oh. She's been in Black Widow, I believe. She was in the lady. Oh, that's right. I couldn't place where she was from, but yeah, she's the one who gave uh, Florence Pugh, whatever her name is, Black Pan- Black Widow's little sisters, gave her the assignment. Yeah, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, I'm sure her character will come into play more because if she's anything like the, the Shield and Samuel. If Jackson, she's supposed she'll... to be the foil to to Samuel L. Jackson, no. I don't accept. <laughs> I want to know how do they bug vibranium bracelets? Like that's just that they don't explain some of these things. Like they didn't bug the bracelet; they bugged his phone. No, they bugged the bracelet. She, she yeah, said she bugged said they the bugged the beads. He she had placed the bug before he got to the crime scene. That's how he she knew everything was happening. Well, I guess I'd have to understand how the beads work to be able to figure out how that works. So you're right. That's an unanswered question. What happened? Also, if you're Wakanda, especially because the Wakandan technology is so advanced, like how did we not? How did we not sense the the bug? <laughs> I mean, even then, right? If he was ever just looking at the beads, he would notice something on one of them that just didn't fit. You know, like you would think, but. Out of five stars, what would you give the rating? I'd give it about a four, four and a half, maybe. Okay. Would you recommend to a friend? Oh, yeah. I definitely would. But you definitely said that you liked the first movie better. Well, I liked the first movie better, but the first movie to me is a five. So, like, I I give this one, like, a 4.5. Ah, I see. I would give this a three out of five. I would recommend it to a friend. I think that that was one of the best ways that I've seen a real-life death be handled in a like a series like this. So I would give it a three out of five. I would recommend it just because I would, I think that it is a great tribute to Chadwick Boseman. What about you, Christopher? I also gave it a three out of five. Black Panther, the first five out of five. This one was three out of five. And again, the pros were really great. Angela Bassett really delivered. The tribute was really amazing. I really liked the inclusion of queer characters in a very natural and authentic way. Did not feel shoehorned or forced. But I cannot get over Wakanda versus Telecon. See, well, I, I had this I had this conversation with Emma, right? Like, there was no way they could have done this right. Well, let's say they made them white, right? And then that's just, it's not right. Like, let's they made them black. That's not right. They made them Polynesian. That's not right. Like, there was no way they could have ever picked anything to like symbolize these people as, and it be the right way. Like, it's. I, I don't know. Had they been white mermen, I would probably would not have. I would have just watched the movie and been 
minorly annoyed with some of these other qualms that I had, like plot wise, but also just to then do like even just the scantest bit of research and to know that Atlanteans in the comics were not indigenous people. Mm. Yeah. It felt weird, shoehorned, forced. I, I didn't like it. Yeah. It took me out of the movie for a significant part where I was, just, I couldn't <sighs> three out of five stars. I would recommend to a friend. It was a good movie. Mm-hmm. And again, for the most part, like people that I've talked to enjoyed it, that, issue could just be a very me very emma very small community of people it just i don't know it was weird i didn't like it it felt off but now it's time for our rapid fire questions okay so my question today is what- no air horn wow oh. we said we don't need no See, i was gonna it's do done. it oh, i was sorry. gonna do it but then i was like oh no she normally does it and then i was gonna make a comment like wow you guys still don't have the sound effect like- <laughs> first of all don't be rude first of all we don't we don't <laughs> it's been 47 episodes at this point second of all don't be rude okay i don't know if we're ever gonna find it intro it again sorry and isaac will do the air horn this time. okay okay everyone now it is time for our rapid fire question that's a pretty good one. Oh, was that the was that know. the little um when it makes it like foggy in the club <laughs> it was just like little explosions in the background it oh. works the confetti machines i see i see you guys got the premium sound effect today wow we didn't <laughs> even have to pay for it oh no i'm charging <laughs> my question today is what is your favorite superhero movie and then what is your least favorite superhero movie least favorite i already have like loaded if you guys need time to think okay go ahead batman versus superman terrible isaac and i almost walked out (laughs) and i will talk about this movie (laughs) to the death because isaac and i looked at each other i was like why are we still here why are we still here especially because superman is isaac's favorite movie like superhero and then you know that part when he's like martha how did you know her name You know my mother? How do you know my mother's name? Are we friends now? <laughs> it was too much. I can't even. I started the movie, couldn't finish it, so I can't even. I can't put it on my least favorite because I didn't finish it to dislike it. Yeah. But I also did not like the new Fantastic Four remake that they tried. Oh, that one was pretty bad, too. It, it was bad. I, I was like, it. oh, this is. I don't know what to tell you. It was the one with Michael B. Jordan, and uh, I don't know any of the other cast, but I like <laughs> the concept that they did to create them. I don't like the way it was executed. Like, the movie was just not good, and it was a little cringy because Ed Reed is supposed to be like this smart, like not funny character, and they tried to make him like the funny character, which is weird. Or Ed Reed, whatever his name is. They called him Ed Reed. Oh, my gosh. He's not the safety figure. wait isn't that his name dr reed i wouldn't have fact checked you on the first name it's reed richards oh reed richards there we go ed reed is an actual football player (laughs) ed reed's a football player i was thinking of the football player in my head his name came up he's stellar player anyways so you know it's it's fine (laughs) stellar player trash movie i think my least favorite one was probably the new batman it was Mm, the one with with edward cullen in it it was horrendous yeah, with Edward Cullen, exactly. Sorry, Robert Pattinson. No, I thought it was just terrible because it was just like so like sad boy. He even had like the bangs coming over his face at certain times. And but what I really liked about it was the cinematic feature about like how like it seemed very game esque. 
like a lot of cutscenes seem like you like things that you would see happening in the game, which I thought was super cool. But then there was a scene where he's fighting like all the Riddler's people. Spoiler alert, by the way. And then in the end, and he gets knocked out. Like Batman's been knocked out like ten times throughout this movie. He could save these people because there's like there's a flood and there's like a dangling light that has sparking that could kill the people down there. And instead of like using his grappling hook to grab it or whatever, he jumps on top of this hanging wire and cuts it while he's on it. So it's sparking like all the way down. And luckily it stops sparking by the time it hits the water. But I'm like, dude, like you could have just cut it from the top if that was the case. You know, like you didn't do anything different. Like throughout the whole movie, he's getting beat up. People are trying to take his mask off. Like I just, (laughs) this movie was terrible. It was boring and it was three hours long. I'm watching with my sister She's full on snoring, all right? And I know it's bad because I look down our row and there's like six other people snoring. And then at the end of the movie, one of those guys wakes up and says, snooze fest, and just proceeds to leave the theater. I'm like, dude, I stayed awake just because I wanted to respect the movie, you know? But like, it was terrible. I do not think the movie was good at all. Wow, that was a whole podcast episode. It's been so good it was, it was terrible. That's so bad. But when he woke up, he said snooze and, fest, and he walked out. This man paid for a nap. No, they didn't nap. They slept. They did not nap. A nap is like 10, 20 minutes. They slept oh, the whole movie. No. That's bad. Oh, oh my well, gosh. We might have to bring you back for least favorite superhero movies. Because there are a lot of bad ones. Oh, my God. There are so many bad ones. But in any case, where are the good ones then? Which ones did y'all like? I'll go. My favorite is Venom. Oh, Ooh, Venom was good. I haven't seen that one yet. Do you just not watch superhero movies? Why did you like it? What did you like about it? I thought Venom was funny. Like, Venom, the symbiote, was hilarious. Yeah. Um. So I recently started watching the X-Men series. I had never seen it before in my life. Started from the beginning. Wait, that's superhero i've never seen any of the x-men they're superheroes christopher they're all superheroes x-men not x-files this guy he went to a whole different show man (laughs) it was a whole different universe i haven't seen x-men before i just wanted to point that out that's not my favorite one my favorite one is electra (laughs) i loved electra why did you bring up the x-men Oh, I brought it up because I just, just wanted to bring it up that I have. Because you were like, what movies? You were like, what movies have you seen? And I was like, I just, that's it. I just recently saw it. I I just brought it up because you were trying to you were trying to come for my credentials on superhero movies. I have not seen the new Fantastic Four. I've also not seen Venom. I also haven't seen that new Batman movie. I only really watch superhero movies okay. when I'm with Isaac. So, but yeah, I also really did like the original Fantastic Four. But I think favorite? No, I don't even know which one is my favorite. I do like this new Peter. Oh no! Yes, that last Spider-Man. That was my favorite. The when no all way three home. Of them came out. Oh, good. they did the meme. Yes. Well, they didn't do the meme. It was a missed opportunity for the meme. But that was my favorite because it was so like nostalgic. Because I loved Tobey Maguire as a Spider-Man. I also really loved Andrew Garfield. Felt like he never got his closure for it. And then I think Tom Holland is just doing a great job with the character as a whole. So yes, that was my favorite. My most recent favorite. My like all-time favorite. Electra. <laughs> Critically panned. No one liked that movie. Instead of a movie, can I pick a show? Sure, I guess. I sure. really love like the Daredevil series. And then they brought him in. 
She-Hulk. Oh, and, uh, it's a She-Hulk. Wonderful, yeah. dude. Didn't they? They also brought him into one of the movies. The Spider-Man. Yeah. He was the lawyer. Yeah, he was in Spider-Man. He was the lawyer yep. in Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. I well, haven't seen the Daredevil, so I didn't know, no, know that, but I knew it because he was blind. His name was whatever his name was. So I, I, I am excited for that. Uh, hopefully he gets this movie. But if anything, I would say like that whole Daredevil series is probably what took me, like it was my ultimate favorite so far. Technically, there's two questions. Uh, mine's a lot easier. How much decorations is too much decoration? on your Christmas tree? Or is there such thing as too much decoration? Yes, there is. And if you can't... Stop looking at our Christmas tree as you ask that. There is. And if you can't see the tree, you've gone too far. Okay, okay. There is no such thing as too much decoration. What are you talking about? A Christmas tree when it has the light. Yes, there is. We just have never decorated it with too much. I think there is when the sturdiness of the branches starts to fail. You know, like when they start to droop, like, I think you've maybe gone a little bit too far. Like, I'm looking at our tree right now. It's the only reason why I'm asking. Because our tree's good. You know, all the stems are good. Everything's standing upright. <laughs> but if we added, like, one more ornament or more whatever to it, then I feel like they would start also, the Also, Christmas is not done in Japan, so that's why it looks the way it looks. I think our, sa- our tree looks very sad right now, actually. So, Chris. Our tree looks pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, for what we have. Christopher, what's your question today? Well, you almost maybe probably took my question. I don't really know. It was confusing, but we'll I'll expand it, keep it in the theme, and we'll just do favorite superhero. Iron Man. From like a STEM tech like a STEM standpoint, Iron Man has always been my favorite because he's an engineer at heart, right? Like he had to do all of those things. Which would also like in the same vein, why Shuri before she became Black Panther, was also my favorite superhero because of her intelligence. Look at you. Okay, Isaac, who's your favorite? Uh, My favorite is Superman. Although, like, I've been losing faith in just being a Superman fan because lately these movies have been doing him no justice. His character gets worse and worse and worse throughout these movie cinemas. Like, it's... (sighs) I think I might switch over to, like, Green Lantern or something. I don't know. (laughs) Who's your favorite, Christopher? Wonder Woman. Good one. Solid. Good one. I know. Very straightforward. I like her. She's cool. Her movie was really good. The second one. Not good at all. That second one was trash. Not good. Oh, I didn't watch it. What was so bad about it? Kristen Wiig was like, I don't know what she was doing. She she had bad hair. I just, I don't know. It was weird. It went nowhere. I don't know. But... (laughs) It's okay. Maybe we'll follow up with other movies that we did not like that were superhero themed. So come back with us in 2023. That'll be one of our topics. We're writing it down right now. But in any case, where can people find the podcast, Emma? You can find our podcast on Instagram and Twitter at the Tea with Crema. You can also stream our podcast on your favorite streaming platform as well as YouTube at the Tea with Crema. If you'd like to buy us a cup of tea, you can also Venmo us at the Tea with Crema. We hope to see you next time. Bye!